Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of The Happy Singer. I'm your host, Christy Bissell. Thank you so much for checking us out again. If this is the first time that you're here, welcome. This is a very safe place. If you're a total beginner, you have found the right podcast. If you are an advanced singer, you found the right podcast too. I just like to think of it like this. If you know all this information, why not just have a little, you know, revamp of the whole thing? What could it hurt? I'm one of those people that when I'm learning, I love to have things repeated. So even though I've been training to be a teacher for quite some time now, I still like to go to master classes and workshops. And I even sometimes repeat things just simply to make sure that I am serving my students the best that I possibly can. And then, you know, maybe picking up something new because there's always being, there's always research being done now. So I just like to be on the side of like, hey, something new could arise. And today I'm just going to give you my thoughts on my favorite vocal register, chest voice. And I hope that it's fun for you. And if you don't know what it is, get ready to have some fun after the episode. I highly recommend that you go to the Facebook page that I've created. It's the Happy Singer Discussion Group, and we'll have lots of other things during the week, um, during the following week that uh, demonstrate chest voice, videos of singers that are doing it, myself singing some things, and we're just going to have a good time with it to make sure that you really understand it, that you can first hear it, and then you can produce it yourself. Because if you don't actually know what you're listening to, how do you know what to identify it as? And then how do you know how to actually make that chest voice? I have one student in particular, and um, when she's listening to stuff, sometimes she interprets it as something something else. And I think that comes from listening to iTunes or Spotify. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Spotify. I love iTunes. But the music that you're listening to has been engineered. It has been produced. You need to be careful what you are identifying as a pure chest voice, which is actually a really aggressive sound if it is pure chest. If it's chest mix, then what we can think of is that it is literally like a recipe. You are taking a little bit of head voice and a little bit of chest voice, and you're mixing it accordingly. Sometimes it's chest dominant, more chest than head voice, and sometimes it's more head than chest. And I can demonstrate what those sounds are for me, and then we'll go from there. But a lot of the time, people think it's just chest voice. If they're really high, it is a chest mix. If it sounds, not to be offensive, if it sounds bad and unpleasant to our ears, it sounds so screechy, it's probably too much chest voice dragged up. There's At a certain point in your registers, in your transition areas, you need to very carefully transition slowly, 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 adding more head voice, but not completely flipping into the head voice. And we'll talk about that more. So let's stop all of that information right there and let's get to the very basics of chest voice. What is chest voice? It is your vocal folds coming together in a more aggressive way than they normally would when you're just talking very sweetly and softly. That would be more head voice or falsetto. Chest voice has got more aggression to it. It's got more force, more authoritative, I always say. And if that's difficult for you, if you're a really quiet person, you can still make this sound. It just takes a little bit of brain power and a little bit of confidence 
and knowing that there are other people that make the sound too. Sometimes when people make the sound for the first time, they think that they're screaming. They think that they're yelling in a bad way. They think it sounds ugly. It sort of does out of the context of a song. So when you're doing a vocal exercise, and let's say, for example, it is... Oh, one of my favorite exercises to do with my students is gig, G-I-G, gig. You hear that G at the beginning? The G gets some strength at the beginning, and that I in gig kind of makes things a little bright. So gig, 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 gig. It's not really pretty, but let's say I'm prepping my student for the song When We Were Young by Adele. When we were young, when we were young. And she gets into that chorus and she goes, let me photograph you in. You know, that part right there. So it's really a strong part in the song. If the singer's struggling to get strength there, I love to give them these exercises so they can just hear it isolated, completely on its own. And then I say, hey, just so you're aware, the application of this exercise is for this. So just to throw them out there without going into a ton of detail, some exercises that you can work on to get some more strength are gig, buzz, does, um, let's see, what else? Yaw. You could do, oh, no, you don't. You could do um, just shouting things out, taking a phrase that you have difficulty with and just saying it how you want it to sound because it's much easier to say it sometimes because sometimes the songs are really, really, really high. So I always say, don't worry about the pitch at first. Just make sure you know what you wanted to sound on that pitch. And then from there, um, you can place things. So I mentioned ba, da, gigs. Now you can also do sounds that are a little nastier if you need it. Now here's the tricky thing with vocal exercises. Like let's say for example, when you go onto YouTube and you type in chest voice exercises or chest voice lesson, you need to sort of be careful because what they're doing is what might work best for them or what has been the most successful in lessons for them as teachers. But it's important to remember that there is not one size that fits all for an exercise. Just because I give yaw to someone doesn't mean it might be good for the next student. Yaw is really great because it starts with a Y. Ys keep your tongue forward. A lot of tongue retraction likes to happen when we're creating strength because when we pull our tongue back, if you do it right now, actually, well, first stick your tongue out as far as it'll go. Like mine almost touches my chin. Now, push your tongue all the way back. Sometimes makes us yawn. Our larynx goes down. Some people call it the voice box. And if you put if you put your hands on your larynx, um, the best way to find it is to find your Adam's apple. Ladies, we have them too. It's just, it doesn't protrude as much. But if you find that, that's your thyroid cartilage. And then right behind there, I'm getting ahead of myself, but right behind there is the actual vocal folds. They lay horizontally in the larynx or in the voice box. But we think our brain, we kind of have to train our brain properly. Sometimes it thinks that just because we lower the larynx, we're going to get the right strength. Not necessarily. Tongue retraction is a big problem for a lot of singers. I have that problem sometimes too. There'll be times where I'm just singing and I'm holding my tongue out. So that's something to flag. So yaw, really great exercise. Like yaw, that's really great. Like one, three, five, eight, five, three, one. If anybody plays the piano, that that little pattern right there is great. But let's say that my student needs more brightness in their chest. It's too dark for them. Um, so maybe I'll give them nay. 
nay, or nin-nin-nin-nin-nin-nin, or nay-nay-nay-nay-nay-nay-nay. All of those are good. Um, hopefully that helps. But just know that when you're looking at these exercises, sometimes it might not be the best one for you. So you really have to listen carefully to your voice, get with a voice teacher in your area, um, and find out what's best for you, not what's best for that voice teacher, what worked for them, not what worked best for the student before them. You, 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 you. So the next thing that I'm going to get into, and if you need to pause, if any of this gets too technical for you, just take a moment to pause this. You don't have to take it all in all at once. Um, for some of you, you all know this, and that's fine. Either way, take as much time as you need. I'm going to go on to the vocal fold. So like I said, if you put your fingers on your larynx, so that's right underneath your chin, and you go all the way down onto your neck, you're going to find your Adam's apple, your thyroid cartilage, and you're just going to say... Uh, 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 so U-H, uh, 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 these are little glottals. So this is a really good way to understand what the chest voice is. So first you do, uh, 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 then you're going to elongate that and you're going to do, uh, and the whole time you're just thinking that, uh, 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 that's the staccato ones and you elongate it and you just keep your fingers there to feel like, wow, that's a lot of vibrations there. Okay, okay. And then you're going to take your hands down onto your chest. Now, this is where the word chest voice comes from. Um, they thought that it was actually coming from your chest. When in actuality, it is actually coming from your vocal folds, and we feel sympathetic vibrations in our chest. And that's the same thing with head voice, and we'll do another episode on that. People feel it in their head. So you may feel vibrations in your chest for chest voice. But again, it is vocal fold strength. And inside your vocal folds, there is a muscle called the thyroid arytenoid. Now, this muscle helps to shorten and thicken the vocal folds, which makes either lower notes or stronger sounds. Now, when we go up in, like, let's say a slide, we go, uh, as I went up, for me to keep a little bit of strength, I still needed to use that thickness of that muscle. You can think of it like a bicep curl. If you put your hands on your bicep, just hold your arm out, and then you make a muscle. My muscle isn't very strong right now. I haven't really worked out in God knows how long, but that's okay. But you can still feel a little muscle there. And that muscle, if you go ahead and pull it out again and then make the muscle, it's very similar to how your thyroid arytenoid works. And you gotta think about it like, this muscle and these vocal folds are so, so tiny. If you look at your pinky nail, if you don't have like long fingernails, that's about how big they are. They're really, really small. And inside the vocal folds is this muscle. Some fancy people, such as myself, when I feel like good about it, TA, we call it the TA muscle, thyroid arytenoid. So that muscle thickens and shortens. Now the tricky part and why we take voice lessons and why we practice, practice, practice is because that muscle needs to learn how to coordinate with another muscle called the CT or the cricothyroid. Now, the cricothyroid is for stretching your vocal folds, for hitting higher notes. And as we're going higher, technically, that muscle has to stretch. The CT has to work. But we also need to make friends with the thyroid arytenoid if you want to be in a chest mix or anything with any strength at all. Now, how artistic does that feel when you're thinking about those muscles? Eh, not so much. So I like to think of other things or try to tell my students other things. So 
Let's say, for example, I need them to do exactly that muscle coordination up to the top, up to like a D5 or an E5 in Let's just go back to that When We Were Young song, Adele. So, when we were young. Now, I'm going to tell them that who they're singing to, it is so important that you really run this idea into their brain and you've tried singing it in a head voice to them. You've tried singing it softer and that information is just not getting into their head. So what do we do? We increase our volume to get the point across instead of, okay, here comes my thyroid arytenoid. I feel like it's popping. Sometimes that works for people and sometimes it is the killer of all good things. So you need to know yourself as an artist and go from there. And another thing to remember, the human vocal production for singing, it requires so much planning in the brain. Your muscles are working. Your thinking about so much. I mean, there's muscles in your respiratory system that you need to think about. You need to think about, how, okay, where's my larynx position? Is it too high? Is it too low? Is it neutral? There's just so many things to think about, and the brain has to understand them all. So we're going to make a whole nother episode about motor learning, but it's important to know how we learn. And don't beat yourself up when after an hour of practicing, you still don't have it. This takes a lot of time to get it right. So be kind to yourself in the learning. Be happy. (laughs) And I know it sounds so cheesy. And sometimes I, even when I tell people the podcast name is The Happy Singer, I do sometimes feel silly, but I have to remind myself that it's actually a very profound thing to just be happy and to understand what happy actually is. And I'm going to pull out something from a book And this book is called, as I hit a lamp, it's called Miracles Now. It's by Gabrielle Bernstein. And I've had this for years now, um, but every day it's like a little one to two page thing. Like number one is honor your commitments. (laughs) Celebrate your small successes. 61, to keep the peace, keep it real. And then I saw this one. This was in a time in my life when I was not so quote unquote happy and I was buying books that were, you know, self-help books, you know, all this good stuff. Anyway, number 86 is Be the Happy Learner. And it says, true change comes from daily repetition of new and empowering actions. And then it also goes to say, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you're given a ton of tools. Some Some people even become addicted to personal growth, and then their egos get them down by saying that they're not doing enough, blah, 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 blah. Go with the subtle changes, the subtle shifts. There's no need to push, control, or force anything to happen. Trust that real change occurs subtly over time. I love that. I love that so much. And that's what I try to remember when I'm teaching and when I'm learning myself is I have to be patient with this process. It's not going to happen overnight. And it really makes me sad. Sometimes there'll be people that'll come in for a voice lesson at New York Vocal Coaching, and they are... They know they're only going to do one lesson, and they come in basically saying, without saying it, teach me how to sing. You've got an hour. I am i don't think anybody's that good of a voice teacher, you know? It's not just me. And, of course, I find great um, honor, and it makes me feel really good when a student says, thank you so much, Christy. It was because of you that this, 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 and this. And I was like, well... That's so great, and I'm glad I helped, but it wasn't me. It was you. 
it was you. It was your brain figuring things out, your body understanding things. You, you know what I mean? So we have to be okay with not being okay for the moment. But anyway, just says if you're trying to control outcomes and force your, it says spiritual path, but let's say your singing path, <laughs> it's time to surrender and become the happy learner. So at the end, it says, keep it simple, go slow, be the happy learner. And then it says, hashtag miracles now. Yeah, I was in a different place. Uh, I needed help, self-help books to make myself happy. Now I'm in a different place. And it's very good. So you might remember on the episode before Matt Edwards, um, that was really great, by the way. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Especially musical theater people. He was speaking words of truth, and I hope you take a listen. But the episode before him, Deepening Your Relationship with Music, I'm going to go back to talking about the playlists. I think it's really important that you make playlists based off of not just your likes and what you're going through that day or that week, but also vocal registrations. So when I say vocal registration, I mean head voice, chest voice, vocal fry, head mix, chest mix, you name it, flagellate, all those names. It's just labeling your voice. So like for me, my head voice... And possibly if I'm going for a more poppy thing, it might be, ah, or if it's chest mix, ah, just like going off of all those different sounds. You want to make playlists that are dominant of those sounds. So let's say I'm doing a head mix playlist. I want to have people like, for me, like Joni Mitchell on there, Ingrid Michaelson, Sarah Bareilles at times. She's one of those amazing singers that can go in and out. She does really heady mix. She does really, really chesty mix. Sometimes she's in just plain old chest voice in her lower notes. There's all kinds of good stuff with her. Aretha Franklin is chest dominant. Those kinds of things, I want to really kind of understand what they're doing. So I put them into playlists. So I recommend for this week, you do the same thing. And when you've made those playlists, you can go onto the Facebook group and you can post them. You can post the playlists, whether it's on your YouTube, on Spotify, or on iTunes, you name it, wherever, whatever platform you use, go ahead and share the playlist. It might help other people. And I'll make one myself. So hopefully that, that helps other people. But until you make your very own playlist, what I'd like to do is just name off some singers that I know are chest dominant singers. That doesn't mean they're always in chest voice. It just means that they like to favor that sound. So here goes. Also, I know some people will disagree with some of these names, but just know that they are singing in chest dominant sounds sometimes. I know not all the time. A great example, I'm just going to say Fiona Apple right now. Sometimes her voice can be so strong and sometimes it is very weak. It is based off of her lyrics that she writes and that's when she doesn't choose, but when her emotions choose the, the sound, the vocal registration for her. So that's just something to keep in mind that the names that I mentioned right now, I know they're not chest dominant all the time, but I do know that you will 100% find some sounds where they are chesty. So here it goes. Here's some female ones. You've got Linda Ronstadt, who I love. She's one of my favorite singers. Stevie Nicks, also one of my favorites. Lady Gaga, Celine Dion, Jessie J, Janice Martin. Janice Martin was actually what some people called the female version of Elvis. Um, and then, of course, when we get to the male side, I'll mention Elvis, but Florence and the Machine. Um, so for the males... We've got Elton John, Rival Sons, Sam Smith, 
at times, Elvis, Brian Fallon, Vertical Horizon. We could kind of go on and on, but those are some people, and I'm going to mention them in a playlist that I make on Facebook. I'll I'll post that for everybody, but um, those are just some examples. Now, if you're wondering, okay, well, what's the opposite? Yes, that'll be a different episode, but just to mention a few. Falsetto and head voice, by the way, same thing. Falsettos for the males, head voice for the females. So just without gender, these are some lighter sounds. And remember, they're not always light. Um, Cigarettes after sex. Gregory Allen is a cove. I apologize. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. He's one of my favorite artists, though. Best Coast. Kelsey Liu. uh, She just came out with a new CD, and that's really good. Imogen Heap. Prince. Billie Eilish, Fiona Apple, Regina Spector. Those are just some to to name a few. Now to go back to chest voice and what it's going to feel like in your body. Once you've understood what other artists are doing, now it's time to go back to what you do. Now you can always do the vocal exercises, but I would pick songs that are within your realm, songs that fire you up lyrically, and then also just the melodic line of it. Then from there, you want to try to find your strength in it. Don't be afraid to make this sound. A lot of people, they never get to the sound that they can make because they're afraid that you're going to get hurt. You will not get hurt. There's this beautiful thing called breath support. Most people call it breath support. Now, not not everybody does, but your breath, it supports your voice when you go to make these sounds. Yes, they are athletic. Yes, at first it will feel fatiguing. You just have to get used to it and know that you're not dying. And it's good to understand the difference between pain and uncomfortability when you're learning how to sing something. Most of the time, at first in chest, it's going to sound bad to you and it's going to feel kind of icky. It doesn't feel good because it's not easy singing. Easy singing is row, row, row your boat or A, B, C, D. That's easy. It's carefree. But when you're singing a song, let's say like... I can't make you love me. That song, it takes not only your heart and your soul to be put out on the line, but also volume, strength. There's just a lot of factors in mind. Just know that you're not going to hurt yourself as long as you're supporting yourself with the breath. Now, we should talk about breath all entirely on its own, but let's really quick just brief it. If you don't know how to breathe as a singer, go ahead and put your hands on your belly. So for ladies, it's right below your bra line that you want to put your hands, maybe on your rib cage and on your belly specifically, right in the center. On the inhale, your belly wants to come out. It does not want to come in. Inhale is an it's a confusing word, but just know that when you inhale, what's coming in is oxygen. So the lungs fill up like balloons, like let's say you're filling them up with air or, or water, they get bigger. And as the lungs get bigger, the diaphragm needs to be pushed down and that pushes down your organs, your viscera. So that's why things pop out there. Now the goal is when you go to sing is to hold that out, not to lose that exhale so quickly. So let's say for example, the lay down with me. So we take a big breath lay down with me, whatever the notes are, I apologize. I don't, I don't know what they are, but when you take that breath, I have to make sure that it is going out slowly, not quickly on that, lay down with me. You want to make sure you get to the end of the phrase. 
So that's especially important when you have really high phrases like, and I will give up this fight. If I go up, I have to make sure that that breath is supporting my voice. If I don't and I just start going for it, yeah, you could get hurt. But just know that the vocal folds are very resilient. Um, Yes, they're precious, but sometimes people treat them a little too preciously. They're meant to be used, so use them. And it's always important with anything that I'm saying right now, get with a voice teacher or get with a friend that does take lessons or has in the past so that they can help you so that you're not blowing yourself out. Always record yourself when you're practicing. Um, Yeah. All right. So if this is just your starter kit for chest voice, that was a lot of information probably. So go ahead and go to the Facebook group, the Happy Singer Discussion Group, and go ahead and post a video of you singing in your chest voice. Or just add a playlist, but get talking with us so I can help you and other people in the group can help you too. And again, it is always a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me. If you liked it or it's helping you in any way, go ahead and share it with somebody you know. If you really like it, you can subscribe to it, you can rate it, and then you can review it. My dad, he made a review and it was like, this good enough? I was like, oh no. But anyway, you know. All the reviews help me to reach more people. So, Or you can visit our New York Vocal Coaching website, and you'll find me on there if you want to take a lesson or with anybody else at New York Vocal Coaching. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I hope you're having a great Thursday. Next Thursday, we're going to have an episode on my favorite band, Fleetwood Mac. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about just the history of the band, some messages that I think they put out without them even realizing it, some things about the band that I think can help you as a learner, and some of their lyrics. But yeah, I think it'll be fun, so I'm excited. Anyway, thank you so much, and I will talk to you guys next week.